0: Welcome to the Modern Law Library. I'm your host, the ABA Journal's Lee Rawls, and today we are conducting what's become an annual tradition, which is our year-end roundup of suggestions from our editors and reporters. This year, I'm joined by Blair Chavis, Matt Reynolds, and Amanda Robert. Blair, can you tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself and how long you've worked at the Journal?
1: Yes. Hi, everyone. Uh, I've been working at The Journal for almost three years, hard to believe. And I'm an assistant managing editor here for The Journal. I edit stories for both our print magazine and uh, online presence. And uh, my focus is our national pulse stories, which are news stories through a legal lens with a national scope, is the best way to describe it. And that really could cover just about anything. And I also um, am in charge of our Your Voice section on the web and several sections in the magazine, uh, including our practice section, our uh, on-word section, and I also edit features that uh, really span a variety of topics. And speaking
0: of features, let's head over and talk to Matt Reynolds. Matt, you're doing a lot of the feature writing for Blair. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, you know, how long you've worked at the journal?
2: Hi, Lee. Thanks for having me today. Um, Yeah, I've worked at the Journal since 2020. um, And um, yeah, I work closely with Blair. She's my kind of main editor. Um, I cover a lot of different topics. um, But in the past, I've covered criminal justice. um, A lot of the kind of simmering political issues that are going on um, in America right now. Um, And also, um, I've also covered some of the ABA uh, meetings, the annual meeting mid-year, um, and tech show. Um, so yeah, kind of in the last couple of years, I got to kind of fully immerse myself in the world of the ABA, and um, yeah, it's been um, it's been a really exciting um, couple of years, and a lot of stories to write, and interesting topics.
0: And speaking of interesting topics, if you missed his October story on haunted real estate. Uh, You know, that's something you can go back and I will link to it in our show notes. And lastly, Amanda Robert, the reporter who I work with most frequently. Hi, Amanda.
3: Hi, everyone. Um, Hope you're doing well. Yeah, I work closely with Lee, um, mostly on ABA-related stories. Um, I write about the ABA itself, its people, its initiatives, um, and that includes everything from covering annual and mid-year to um, writing about some of our members, our most inspiring, and interesting
0: members. And absolutely, our Members Who Inspire column is one of my favorites. And again, um, when we talk about different shows or articles, books, podcasts, movies, I'll do my best to link to those on our website at abajournal.com books. So you can check that out after you listen. Well, folks, when I first sent out my invitation, To participate in this year's show, a lot of people said something that I found true myself, which is that during this past year, time of pandemic, it has been really hard to concentrate enough to want to read for pleasure. And that's one of the reasons why I'm expanding our discussion today to not just cover, you know, what were your favorite books from the year, but also what just kept you entertained? Uh, What Helped you keep your mind off things you wanted to keep your mind off, or taught you something that you really valued. So, you know, we're going to talk about books, podcasts, TV shows. Uh, If you have any movies, let me know. But since this is the modern law library, I do think we could and should start with books. Um, I had a summer episode where I talked a little bit about how audiobooks have been the way that I've been doing most of my reading slash listening. Um Matt, do you do you like audiobooks as well? How have you been reading this year?
2: Yeah, I love audiobooks. Um and particularly when I'm uh listening to nonfiction, it will be my go-to. Mm-hmm. Um I use uh the Amazon app, what is it? It's uh Audible. And yeah, so I listen to a lot of audiobooks when I'm running or in the car. I'll put an audiobook on and um yeah, that's kind of my go-to. With fiction I like to read at home. Um Kind of on the couch uh, and get into a good book. But yeah, generally I'll use uh, au- uh, Audible for nonfiction books.
0: And so tell me, was there any book or books this year that you really enjoyed and think that some of our listeners might as well? They do not have to be legally related. So
2: um, I'm a huge Quentin Tarantino fan. Um, I went to film school back in the day um, before I got into journalism. And Kind of Tarantino was kind of the inspiration kind of for me to go to film school. I was just so into his movies, particularly in the 90s, like Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown, um, and then later Kill Bill. And yeah, I've just always been a big fan. And when Once Upon a Time in America came out, I absolutely loved that. For me, it was kind of a... I liked all of his films, but for me, it was kind of up there with Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction. is like up there with his best. So... I was really excited when I heard he was doing a novelization of uh, Once Upon a Time in America. And I kind of rushed out and bought it as soon as it came out. And yeah, I was just kind of pleasantly surprised about how good it was. I I didn't really know what to expect because he's obviously not primarily known as a director and a screenwriter. So I wasn't really kind of, um, I was excited, but I was also thinking, what's this going to be like? Um, And it just turned out to be a great read. and took the characters and the, the plot and the story in kind of directions I wasn't expecting. So it wasn't like just reading a new version, or sorry, a, a novelized version of the, the film you just saw. He kind of really delved deeply into the backstory of the characters, and um, yeah, just took it places that I thought were really interesting.
0: Blair, how about you? Do you listen to audiobooks more, or are you more of a you know reader on your Kindle or paper? What's your style?
1: I do a little bit of everything, actually. Uh, you know, back in the day when I was when I had a driving commute, I used to be all about audiobooks, and now I find that I'm cons- I am consuming podcasts, which are similar. Often when I'm working out, but uh, when I actually want to sit down and read, I do like handling a real book, a paper book, not a Kindle. <laughs> and I have not read a ton this year. I think because we read so much for our work every day. And it's just been a stressful year. It's true. Um, but one, when I have turned to things for pleasure, I, I admittedly have been hitting up the self-helpy type genre. Uh, and I don't know if you would classify it this way, but I did read *Untamed* by Glennon Doyle, and that's a book that I really enjoyed. I know it's been around for a while; it continues to be a bestseller. Um, and it just kind of examines through the lens of her own family and growing up what it means to be a woman today, and how those definitions can be confining and how we can break out of that, basically.
0: And how about you, Amanda? Did, did you have any favorite books that you read this year?
1: I did, yeah. Um, I'm
3: similar to Blair in that I usually read um, paper books. I don't have a Kindle, even though my family keeps wanting to get me one, because um, they don't believe that I just read paper books still. Um, I think one of the favorites of this year was sort of a whimsical book. It was called The Midnight Library. And it was um, about this library that exists between life and death. And every book in the library gives you a chance to see how things would have been different if you made other choices. And the main character, Dora, she finds herself in the library and tries on different lives. And one of those lives is going to study glaciers. And another one is becoming an Olympic swimmer. And the whole point of the book is to, you know, figure out what makes life fulfilling and what makes life living um, worth living in the first place. So it was It was a really fun book. It was given to me by a friend for my birthday.
0: And since you all have been very generous sharing your book recommendations with me, one I have that I think you all and the listeners may enjoy is a book that I did listen to on audiobook. And it's called This is Chance, The Great Alaska Earthquake, Jeannie Chance, and the Shattered City She Held Together by John Muellum. And this is the story of a woman who becomes a very early radio pioneer in a landscape where there were a lot of pioneer types who were not, you know, native Alaskans and found themselves in Alaska. And it has to do with a huge earthquake that occurred in 1964 in Anchorage. Um, My longtime listeners who have gotten recommendations from me before or heard me talk about this know that I do like a disaster book. I don't know what that says about me as a person, but I like to see how people pull together and get through disasters. Uh, And it has made me hopeful during this time of the pandemic. And speaking of hope, I know that this is something that Amanda and I share. I don't know about you, Blair, and you, Matt, but one TV show that I watched all the time to give me that sense of hope this year was Ted Lasso. So, Amanda, how did you discover Ted Lasso? Because I know you and I have talked about this before.
3: Oh, gosh, yes. Love that show. It was my favorite, I think, over the past two years. Um, you know what? I think I just hopped on Apple TV and I saw it. I, You know, I didn't know a lot of people who were talking about it at the time. But after I watched it, I was able to share it with my brother and my sister. And, you know, all of us watch it now. Um, and we're super excited for season two when it came
0: out. And... I do know that Matt has a certain connection to Ted Lasso. Matt, can you tell us about both what Ted Lasso is and how you have this connection?
2: Yeah. So um, I'm a big Tottenham Hotspur fan. I've supported them since I was a little boy. They're a club from London, North London in England. um, And they're in the (laughs) premier league kind of it's uh, they're not the greatest team to support. They were really good when I was young, they were winning a lot, but (laughs) kind of for decades they've just won nothing. And Ted Lasso, the connection to Tottenham Hotspur, I think the character was created specifically for a, um NBC kind of teaser on the Premier League, the, like their TV coverage of the Premier League. And, yeah, um, is it Jason, Um, what's the name of the uh, the guy who stars in it? Sudeikis. Sudeikis, yes, Jason Sudeikis. Um, he was, um, yeah, he kind of introduced the character to Ted Lasso in a teaser, and he played the Tottenham Hotspur coach. Um, it was kind of this bumbling... Kind of a coach, not knowing the rules of soccer, and um, yeah, I, I still actually watch that clip a lot. Um, I think it's great, and I, I enjoy the show too. It's a really good show. Blair,
1: is this one that you've caught? So I have a few points about this show. Uh, one, I've not seen the whole thing yet, um, Are, but no from what I've seen, from what I've seen, I think it's lovely. It has a, a very nice feel-good quality, and. You know, it kind of it's funny because it kind of reminded me of Love Actually in a way. And then I realized that there is an episode that really steals from it. And I, I appreciate kind of that celebration of life quality in both of those. Uh, but I also realized that the actress, the blonde actress, you'll have to forgive me, who plays, I think, the boss of Telasso. one of the main actresses in the show, I thought she looked familiar. And I realized she's also in another amazing feel good show on Netflix called Sex Education, which I have to do a little push for right now, because it's, um, it's also a British show. And it is just feel good and wonderful if you want something that will cheer you up.
0: And that's Hannah Waddingham is her name.
1: Thank you. She's in both of those.
0: But aside from Ted Lasso, what are some other TV shows that you've gotten really into in 2021? Blair, I'll give this one to you.
1: So just generally, I think maybe this is a thing for me. I'm really interested in characters that kind of fall apart and have to like build themselves back up. And I'd say maybe that's a theme across shows that I've been consuming lately. One uh, is Schitt's Creek, which I think has been one of the stars of this pandemic. If you want something like Ted so that is just feel good and amazing, I could watch that over and over again. Uh, but maybe on a more depressing side, I got really into HBO's The Flight Attendant, which to me felt like a modern Hitchcock. And ironically, when I was kind of skimming through things online about it, one of the episodes even has Hitchcock in the name. Uh, and it's a, it's kind of a mystery thriller. It's funny, when you read about it on HBO, they describe it as a comedy mystery thriller, if that can be one thing at, at once. Uh, but it's about someone who's accidentally caught up in a murder and has to basically take it upon herself. The flight attendant, the main character, has to take it upon herself to solve the crime so she doesn't get implicated with it. And for peop- for a lawyer audience, I think it's also a fun show because her friend, Zoja Mamet, who is uh, has the character name of Annie Meridian if you pronounce that right, is trying to help her and also is tangled in various kind of questionable clients. So it's a little juicy in that way. Um, Similarly, in terms of shady characters, I'm a little late to this game, but I binged all of The Sopranos in the past few months. And I've been reading lately that there's kind of a new audience for for, uh, for The Sopranos among millennials who are sort of viewing it through a new lens. Partly, I think the show was taped at a time when we were really young. And also... It gives a picture of, uh, one article put it, a declining America and kind of looking at America through this lens where the way we did things is not necessarily working anymore. I would say that that is a theme throughout the whole show from a criminal standpoint and for lawyers, I think it's just a fun time.
0: <laughs> so, well, and I think 2022 may bring that prequel series of The Sopranos that I've heard about.
1: Well, there was a prequel movie that came oh,
0: out. Oh, yeah, yes. I'm behind the, many the times. Saints of Newark. <gasps> Yeah, many states
2: in New York, and it and it came out. Yeah, in the, in the summer. Uh, I, I personally, I love The Sopranos, but I found the the movie very disappointing. James Gandolfini, who played Tony Soprano, his son uh, Michael Gandolfini plays the young Tony, and he's he's great. But overall, I was a little bit disappointed in the movie.
0: But were there any TV shows uh, much like? you know, The Sopranos, any epic uh, TV shows that you enjoyed watching this year? I loved uh, White Lotus. I just thought it was brilliant. Um,
2: And I'm kind of got much more into miniseries because I just find with a lot of series these days, they kind of run out of steam. But White Lotus was self-contained in about six episodes. It's about a a resort in Hawaii and all these different people that go to visit the resort. It kind of opens for almost like a murder mystery vibe. There's, and this isn't a spoiler, this is in the very opening scene. Uh, A dead body is being loaded onto a plane. And yeah, it was just so well written, sharply written. It's got an upstairs, kind of downstairs um, kind of theme with the the workers at the hotel and the, the families that are visiting who are really entitled and um, rich and demanding. And was, I just found the whole thing a pleasure. I was particularly drawn in by the performance of Murray Bartlett. He plays like this crazed, almost like Baz-y, Basil faulty kind of character um, who runs the hotel or is the manager of the hotel. And yeah, it was just a really enjoyable series.
1: I also loved White Lotus, and I think especially when we were locked down in our homes, it was such an escapist show. The scenery and the music were characters in the show as much as the people were, and it was just really beautiful.
0: Well, I'll put that one on my list because I have not yet watched White Lotus. Amanda, any TV shows aside from what we've already talked about that uh, you would recommend to listeners? Yeah,
3: I also loved White Lotus. Um, I thought it was fantastic. And I think um, more on the comedy side of things, I also really loved Hacks uh, with Gene Smart and Hannah Einbinder um, this year. So um, uh, Gene is a legendary Las Vegas comedian and Hannah plays an entitled, canceled 25-year-old and it goes through their relationship and um, how they're trying to learn from each other. It's pretty, pretty fun. And then Another um, comedy I like that just came out this year was The Chair with Sandra Oh. Uh, She's one of my favorites, and she plays the first um, woman of color to play the, or to be the chair of a failing English department, and um, it goes through all the trials and tribulations that she's faced with in that role.
0: And I have not seen that yet, but it does seem like any of our listeners who are in academia may find some things almost uncomfortably familiar. Is that uh, an accurate... Accurate vibe? Yeah, totally. Were there any that you watched just to feel all your emotions? Any super dramatic television shows? I'll, I'll start with you, Amanda.
3: There were a couple. Um, the one that's coming to mind right now is uh, Mayor of Easttown with Kate Winslet that came out this year. Um, it's about a detective in Pennsylvania trying to uncover some things that happened there. I won't give it away, but it was totally binge-worthy and I definitely recommend it.
2: I love that one, too. I thought Mayor of Easttown was fantastic. Uh, Kate Winslet was great in that, I thought.
3: Yeah, she was. It had been a long time since I had seen her in anything, too, so I love that as well.
0: And, you know, we are getting holiday movie mentions in with Love Actually. I will also mention The Holiday, starring the great Kate Winslet. On the other end of not serious, but dealing with crime and murder, I don't know if any of you saw this, but Steve Martin and Martin Short got together and made a show on Hulu called Only Murders in the Building. And the setup is that they are uh, crime podcast fanatics and they're super fans of this one podcast. And along with a young woman played by Selena Gomez, they decide that they're going to produce their own podcast about a murder that occurs in the apartment building in New York where they all live. So I can recommend that to you, my listeners, and to you, my colleagues, if you haven't seen it yet. And then, I don't know about you, I have not yet gone back to see any movies in the theaters. So shout out to all the different studios that decided to release them as streaming. Um, But movies, I'll throw out movies. Has anyone seen a movie this year that they really feel like people should go out and watch?
1: The Sound of Metal, I guess this was with the last Oscar run that we had, um, was just really great. I'm not somebody who likes metal music as a genre, but the movie was about so much more than that in terms of kind of reawakening to the life around you and uh, reawakening to the senses in your body. And it was just beautifully done.
0: Thank you, Blair. Uh, Matt, have you seen any movies this year that you really want to talk up? Yeah, I've seen, um,
2: I, I know I went to, said I went to film school, but now I'm kind of blanking <laughs> on the films I've seen this year. But but uh, I, I saw, recently I saw King Richard, the um, the new Will Smith movie about uh, the Williams uh, sister's dad. Um, he was their coach too. And yeah, I was just pleasantly surprised by that. I think like it's so great to kind of see Will Smith again because he's just one of those big, movie stars. um, And he's also great in the role. And yeah, I I just really enjoyed it. It was kind of a feel good film. And um, yeah, very enjoyable to watch. So I enjoyed that one.
0: Amanda, have you seen any movies you want to talk up?
3: Yeah, you know, I also I haven't seen a lot this year, which is kind of surprising. But another one from the Oscar cycle that I loved was Judas and the Black Messiah is a story about Fred Hampton. He was the chairman of the Black Panther chapter in Illinois and was killed during a police raid on his apartment. Um, It happened in December 1969. um, And it was also about the undercover FBI informant who helped bring him down. So um, it is not necessarily a feel good movie by any means, but um, I think it's really important one to see, especially if you're in Chicago or, you know, in Illinois and don't know a lot about what happened to him.
0: I agree. It is great local history, um, but very sad. So I know that if you're listening to this podcast, you like at least one podcast, and I want to thank you for making us one of the ones you listen to. But I also like to give people some more options. Some of the podcasts I don't believe I've mentioned before that I have been listening to one is noble blood and Blair. I think you would really enjoy this, uh, Amanda. Too, it's it's great. It's a history podcast by a woman named Dana Schwartz, and she shares these really fascinating behind the scenes um, stories of specifically royals. And I just she's got a, a great way of telling stories, and uh, so I really enjoyed that one. For anyone who enjoys listening to a bunch of snarky engineers, and again, this is more on my liking to hear about how people get through disasters, there's a podcast called, Well, There's Your Problem, which is a group of engineers who get together and they discuss a disaster scenario, usually some sort of engineering failure, maybe a building collapse, bridge collapse, something like that, and Identify well. This is what went wrong, uh, and it sounds weird to say, but there's there's a decent amount of humor in there. Anyone who loves old Hollywood, I think, will enjoy the podcast. You must remember this. She talks about different things in her various seasons, but if you're interested in old Hollywood history, that's a longstanding podcast with an awful lot of episodes you can listen to. And the last one I'll mention. Uh, is You're Dead to Me, which is a BBC Radio 4 podcast that uh, has one host who knows the history behind a famous person or event, one absolute expert in that field, and one comedian. And the comedian gets to find out about that historical event or person. So now I'm going to pass it on over to, let's say, Amanda. Amanda, any podcast you've been listening to this year?
3: Yes. And thanks for that recommendation for Noble Blood, because you're right. That is right up my alley. One that I wanted to mention is called You're Wrong About, which I believe you also listened to. Love that one. Um, Yeah. So I don't know if you remember this, but they did a a five-part series on Princess Diana uh, late last year. Yes. Um, And I, you know, I've always known a little bit about her just, you know, growing up and she was in the news, but I learned so much about her um, during that series, which was wonderful. Um, They also did a two-part series on the Newsboys strike of, what year was that? Uh, Let's see, 1899. Um, And as a fan of the 90s movie about the newsies, I also found that pretty interesting.
0: Fantastic. Blair, how about you? What podcast do you like listening to? Well,
1: back to my uh, self-help theme, I have been really leaning into Brené Brown this year. Uh, she, I think of her as the vulnerability guru, whether you're thinking about your personal life or career or any of those things. Um, and I've really enjoyed her new podcast that was kind of new to the pandemic called Unlocking Us. Uh, and she interviewed a lot of kind of social influencers who've been changing the conversation, whether it's on um women's rights or on psychology or a variety of topics. And it's been really interesting. And for those who are also interested in honing their leadership skills, she has a book that's called Dare to Lead. And I believe she has a podcast that's tied to that as well.
0: Fantastic. You're not the first person to recommend her to me. So I'll have to check her out in 2022. And Matt, how about you? What kind of podcasts are you listening to at the moment? So,
2: Usually I use podcasts to kind of catch up with the news. Um, so I listen to the Political Gap Best, um, which I always enjoy. Um, they usually look at the, the week's events um, in a really kind of um, smart way. Um, and it's very entertaining. Um, I also listen to the Daily, the New York Times podcast, um, uh, as much as I can during lunch, because that's a great way to keep up with the news as well. Um, being into movies, I love the Empire movie podcast. It's a British a British movie podcast. Um, And it's just super entertaining and relaxing and just kind of almost like a form of escapism for the weekend when I just want to kind of immerse myself in movies and what's out there. And yeah, it's just a really fun podcast.
0: So to wrap up our discussion, I wanted to do a look forward to 2022. I don't tend to make New Year's resolutions, but I do form intentions for the next year. And one of mine, in addition to trying to carve out more time for reading that I do, not for my job, but for just pleasure. I I think that I want to read more in the self-help genre, like you've said, Blair. I think that those can be really uh, helpful. So I'll make one of my New Year's resolution intentions for pop culture in 2022 to check out Brene Brown. But do any of you have any Uh, hopes for 2022 and what it's going to bring for you pop culture wise. Blair, I'll go back to you.
1: This is maybe a loose tie in. But you know, when we were talking back to books, one of the things that I've been consuming like crazy during this pandemic is cookbooks. I've ordered several for myself during this time and done a ton of cooking. But there's still so many cookbooks that I have to get through. So I want to make a goal of at least making a dent in some of the new cookbooks that I've gotten during this pandemic
0: time. And if you could give someone a shopping recommendation for the uh, foodie in their life, do you do you have one go to or a couple go to cookbooks?
1: Yes, uh, Mark Bittman. He has you know the How to Cook Everything series, and also I've really had my eye on and I haven't gotten this yet. Although I really don't need another cookbook, um, I've been wanting to try the Dessert Person Cookbook, uh, which is just filled with tantalizing things, but. I think the joy of cooking is also a good place to start if you don't really have any cookbooks and you just want to learn some basics.
0: Those all sound great. Uh, I will also throw in a recommendation for Half-Baked Harvest, and that's coming from my sister who's made an awful lot of those recipes. Amanda, do you have any pop culture uh, hopes for the new year?
3: I do always say that I'm going to read more each year. Um, I track all the books I want to read on Goodreads. Um, and then <laughs> get kind of sad when I look at my list and how many are still there. So I would say a goal for 2022 is to make a dent in that list.
0: In that Goodreads list. Matt, how about you? Anything you're especially looking forward to in 2022?
2: Yeah, I'm the same as Amanda. I just always have these really lofty goals when it comes to consuming movies, TV, books, and just never meet them. Um, And just have like lists and lists of things. But um, yeah, I just generally would like to, I think just generally read more fiction than I have been um, because I kind of really, I I think I was talking to uh, to to you about this the other day that kind of with the pandemic, for some reason, the kind of reading is just, been put on the shelf a little bit so yeah I just i just want, would like to enjoy reading more and do more um book reading in general and novels and and books I enjoy
0: and one thing that won't get you more towards the personal reading necessarily but uh will add to the books that you read for work and a little announcement for our listeners is that uh, come 2022. You will be hearing Matt's voice again. He is going to sub some of the episodes for us. Uh, I have been thinking about how, although we speak to both fiction writers and nonfiction writers on the Modern Law Library, one area that we have not done as much in recently has been legal fiction. And if you have a favorite thriller or mystery novel or, book of legal fiction, please reach out and let us know that you would like us to cover it. Uh, The best email address to send those to is books at abajournal.com. I want to thank all of my coworkers who joined me for this episode of the Modern Law Library and to you, the listeners, for being with us this year and hopefully on into the future. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe in your favorite podcast listening service.